Hello everyone, my name is Lou, and welcome to my Anatomy and Physiology podcast called Structure Follows Function. Uh, we just finished up talking about the uh, accessory structures to the integument, hair and sebaceous and sweat glands. Um, and I didn't really cover nails, but uh, just so you know, nails are keratinized epidermal cells that protect the tips of fingers and toes. Um, so they're just dead keratin, um, and that's really as much as I'm going to cover for today. Uh, so right now we're going to go into the what happens when your integument is injured. Um, what happens, uh, has, how does it repair itself? And we're also going to talk about the effects of aging on the skin. So let's just delve right into it. So remember your epidermis is... Um, consists of a stratified squamous epithelium and its function is to protect you provide to t- protection from abrasion uh, but you know like everything you know not not everything's perfect and sometimes it can get hurt uh, so so if we get a cut or a scrape or some kind of injury to the skin there's four phases um, that occur uh, for the skin to repair itself. Um, the first phase is called the inflammation phase, um, and that's when bleeding happens um, and mast cells kind of trigger an inflammatory response um, to the area. And uh, this inflammation triggered by the mast cell um, produces swelling, redness, heat, and pain, and that's to uh, trigger the uh, an immune response, essentially. And the next phase is called migration phase. Um, it's the second phase of the four, inflammation, migration, proliferation, and scarring. Um, and so after several hours, uh, once the inflammation phase has stopped, a scab will form, um, and then the cells of the stratum base cell are essentially migrating along the edges of the wound. Macrophages, which are immune cells, uh, remove debris, and uh, phagocytes, which are also immune cells, arrive um, to enhance circulation in the area and kind of fight infection from bad microorganisms. Clotting also occurs around the edges, so that way it can produce a scab or blood uh, clot that forms at the surface temporarily um, to restore integrity of the epidermis and restrict the entry of additional microorganisms into the area. Um, And the scab is red because of the presence of trapped red blood vessels. And so next phase we have is the proliferation phase. Um, And that's usually about a week after the injury. Um, The scab has been undermined by epidermal cells. um, And phagocytic activity um, has almost ended around the site of injury. Um, And the blood uh, blood clotting has sort of stopped as well, uh, disintegrating. So continued proliferation and activity by the fibroblasts producing collagen fibers and ground substance kind of helps contribute to the repair part of this process. The repairs, however, do not restore the integument to its original condition uh, because the dermis will contain an abnormally large number of collagen fibers and relatively few blood vessels. So even though it's uh, that dermis is vascular, it's not sometimes vascular enough to produce the proper healing that we would hope to get it back to its original self. And then last but not least, um, sorry, as I was saying, um, the next phase, the last phase of the um, uh, skin regeneration after injury 
Um, you have the inflammation, migration, proliferation, and then scarring, uh, which occurs after several weeks. Um, a scab has been shed and the epidermis is complete. We see the formation of a kind of rather inflexible, fibrous, and non-cellular scar tissue, uh, which unfortunately does not return the skin uh, tissue back to its original condition. It's a different type of tissue, we, you know, scar tissue. Um, so, and this happens because of the damage to the hair follicles, sebaceous sweat glands, or um, muscle cells, nerve cells, they are seldom repaired. Um, and so then they're just replaced with fibrous tissue. And that's why how we get our scar tissue. And then some scars can form a keloid, um, which is like this thick, raised um, scar tissue that kind of has this like shiny, smooth epidermal surface. Um, and it can develop anywhere on the body where tissue has been injured, uh, especially if it's severe. Alrighty, so that covers the four phases of repair to injury, uh, repair of injury to the integument. Uh, another important type of injury to the integument is burns. Um, I think this is very important. Maybe most of us have gotten sunburn in our life. Um, it could be a heat burn, friction burn, sunburn, chemical burn, electric burn, or shock. So, um, it, so it's very important to understand that there's uh, different degrees of burns. I'm sure you, some of you might have heard them. Um, and there's really four degrees of burns. Um, and so the first degree is kind of like what you'll see when you stay on the sun a little bit a little too long. And it's kind of like a redness um, of, to the skin. And um, that's damage to the epidermis layer. Um, in a second degree burn, we see damage to both the epidermis and the dermis. And you might see this if you stay out in the song way a little way too long, and then you'll see some blistering happening. So that's that's an indication of a second degree burn. And then if the the epidermis, the dermis, and um, we kind of dig into the hypodermis, um, dig towards the hypodermis, then we end up with a third degree burn. So it's a destruction of the epidermis, dermis, extending into the subcutaneous layer. Uh, these burns uh, are less painful than second-degree burns because the nerves have been destroyed. So you'd think, oh, a third-degree burn is more severe, it must hurt more, but actually the, the nerves are gone, they're destroyed, so you don't really feel it as much as a second-degree or third-degree burn. That's the most, most painful is really second-degree. Um, these burn, you know, third-degree burns can't really repair themselves too well, um, so you might need some skin grafting. And then the fourth type of burn, uh, fourth degree burn, is uh, when it gets to the bone. And that's when all the dermal layers, the hypodermis, the, ep uh, the dermis, and the epidermis is kind of just destroyed and gone. Um, and uh, that's, it's unfortunate, but it's important to know, uh, you know, what happens when our skin gets burned. Um, and there's, there's a few functions that are affected by burns in the skin. The fluid and electrolyte balance are lost because we don't have an effective barrier anymore. Uh, thermoregulation um, is affected, as well as protection from infection. You know, you have open wounds, open tissues, um, and that creates uh, that can create sepsis, um, which you know will spread an infection. And that's actually the leading cause of death in burn victims. 
So very important. Last but not least, um, you know, kind of in line with uh, injury to the skin and how, what happens when skin gets burned, are the effects of aging uh, to the skin. And that can include thinning, wrinkling, and reduced melanocyte activity. Um, aging affects a lot. Um, there's a lot of different effects that aging has on the integument. Uh, the epidermis thins um, as basal cell activity declines, so we get thinner skin. Um, there's a certain type of cell called Langerhans cells that kind of decrease, and that increases our, um, our, our that reduces our ability of the immune system uh, to fight infection. Uh, vitamin D production declines about 75%, and that's a lot. Melanocyte activity declines. Um, so light-skinned people will become very pale, um, and that means they're more sensitive to sunlight and more likely to get sunburned. Uh, there's glandular, glandular activity decline, so skin will become more dry and scaly. Um, the sweat glands are also less active, the eccrine sweat glands. So, you know, perspiration will be impaired, and that means that you, when you get older, you have a greater risk of overheating in warm environments because you can't sweat as well. Um, another thing is reduce blood supply to the dermis. Remember, blood gives a lot of nutrients and helps, you know, replenish the um, the skin. So that reduction in blood flow um, can limit repair, and also it um, that means that the the blood vessels aren't dilating as much um, as we need them to to keep us warm in the cold, um, and uh, and help with thermoregulation. So it kind of lessens our ability to uh, lose heat. So if we're really hot um, it, it, or we like to go to a sauna or something like that, you have to be very careful because your blood vessel supply is reduced and it's not dilating as much. So that reduced circulation can really affect your thermoregulation. Um, hair follicles um, produce fi uh, finer, thinner hairs. Um, and with the decreased melanocyte activity, these hairs become gray and white. Um, and then hormones get affected too. Our hormones change and, uh, we can start to see secondary sexual characteristics in the hair and body fat distribution begin to fade. And, you know, one of the classic signs of aging is sagging, wrinkling skin. And that's because the dermis is thinning and the elastic fiber network decreases in size. Um, and I think I might've mentioned this already, but skin repairs more slowly and that could take make healing take a longer time and um could also result in inf an infection a greater risk of infection so that covers um all the different things that could happen to your skin what happens after an injury like a cut or a burn and also how aging affects your skin that pretty much wraps up chapter five of the integumentary system so thank you so much and hope you enjoyed